Do you want to start a business, get out of the office, achieve happiness and success while crushing life? This is Boss to Boss, the place to be for that extra motivation to get up and follow your dreams while learning from the ones who have already done it. And now for your host, Miro Wieslow. What is up? How you doing? How you feeling? Welcome to your one-stop shop for all the tips and recipes you'll ever need to take control of your life and finally become boss. Welcome to Bossed to Boss. Today's guest, Eric Neum, is the cash flow doctor. He is the surgeon of tax and cash flow planning. Need to dramatically increase profits and cut the fat from your business? Looking to increase your cash flow and streamline your business finances? He is your guy. Eric has been a tax professional for the past 10 years and a financial planner for five years before that. Always an entrepreneur since he was a teenager, he has started and sold multiple businesses that are wide-ranging from retail to e-commerce and financial services. Some of the industries that he focuses on are real estate, investors, venture-backed startups, digital entrepreneurs, and cryptocurrency investors. Eric, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Oh, Thanks for having course. me. Of course. We connected. Uh, we met through one of our good friends, Nicholas Barely. And, um, you know, anybody you meet through Nick, you know that uh, he's a stand-up guy. And uh, just, you know, everything I've heard about you, everything I've done my research on you, you know, I uh, I knew I couldn't wait to uh, talk to you and learn more about this. Especially that we both have a former, uh, we, we both relate in, uh, you know, accounting type of field. You know, some, I didn't specifically do taxes, but, you know, uh, just in the accounting realm. So that, that caught my attention right away. Not many people get excited by that, right? <laughs> But uh, for no. us, for us, it's like yes, the greatest thing. Uh, <laughs> for sure, I love numbers, and it's yeah. like I think like the tax game, and I call it a game because it's like it's fun for me. And a lot of people look at me and be like, "How do you have so much fun working on like tax stuff and doing tax consulting?" I don't know. That's we're we're kind of crazy. Like that's that's just the way I like it. Yeah. Right. Uh, when I was doing it, I mean, before I ended up changing what I did, I, I mean, I loved it at first, and. Um, it's like a lot of people would ask me the same thing. So it definitely, uh, I think it definitely takes a lot, you know, so I give you uh, much props for where you're, uh, where you're at and where you're doing, uh, you know, where you're going with this. This is huge. The cash flow doctor is huge. Tell us more about yourself though, Eric. Tell us something totally crazy, totally different, something we don't normally hear or know about you. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a crazy story and like, you know, most people know that I've been an entrepreneur since a kid. I've never really had a nine to five job. Um, most of my businesses were all like bootstrap funded by myself. I figured out to hustled. I was one of like the first eBay power sellers back in like 98, 99, back when eBay was just starting out. But what a lot of people don't realize is, um, you know, I was living this entrepreneurial life. And then when I got married, I became an employee, which was kind of weird. And what happens is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you've been an entrepreneur for a while, that's kind of in your blood, that's kind of in your psyche. And the whole notion of swapping from entrepreneur to employee is just kind of disconcerting. And it kind of, you start realizing, you start having that personality clash inside. So story-wise, like I was running a really successful tax practice at the time. I had four offices, 2,500 clients, I had like 40 employees. And my uh, now ex-wife, she was starting running her YouTube business 
or her YouTube channel on the side as a hobby. And it quickly grew, quickly blew up. I was helping with all the, the video work, all the back-end financial work and everything. And the income from that started exceeding what we were bringing in from her tax business. So moved out to California, helped her support her in her business, and uh, sold all my tax practice. Is And at that point, I switched from being an employer to being an employee, which is the complete opposite of what most folks want to do. Yeah. Most folks want to go from being an employee to becoming an employer. So I, you know, I'm, an, I'm a very supportive person. That's like the, the nature of who I am, and that's why I love taxation is because like I provide support for entrepreneurs, help them grow, scale their businesses, and put more money in their pockets. So that's what I was doing for my now ex-wife. And those three years, to be honest, were some of the most tense, um, most uh, confusing points in my life mm -hmm. where I almost felt like I was lost. But at the same time, I felt like I had to do it because I was supporting the family, so to speak. But I was never living in the true integrity of who I was. And I was never able to reach my full potential by servicing and helping somebody else in running their business. So that was kind of a weird, kind of a weird thing for me. So many of you out there who are listening on this podcast are probably employees right now and are looking to switch to become an employer. And there's something inside of you that's saying, this isn't right. I want to run my own business. Like I want to start my own thing. And like clocking in, doing this nine to five thing isn't for me. And as I had felt it, you probably feel it too. You start having clashes with your personality where you start realizing that you're not living a life of integrity. You're not living the life that you are truly designed for, what you're here put on this planet to do. And you start having a conflict in your mind. And it isn't until you tear off that Band-Aid and say, shoot, I'm going all in on this venture. I am going to be an entrepreneur now. I'm going to start scaling and growing my business. Do you really start living that life of integrity? And do you really start pursuing what you really are passionate about? So that's that's something that not a lot of people know. Like – most of the time when I talk about my story, I'm like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and I've always been an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, bought and sold many businesses. But a lot of people don't don't know. I haven't shared with a lot of folks the actual internal psychological struggle I had working as an employee for my wife as opposed to running my own business. And now that I'm running my own business once again with my own practice, helping entrepreneurs like uh, – or developing entrepreneurs like all of you out there. Um, I'm finally back into a life of integrity. I feel like I'm like super happy again. I have like a, a vision, a plan, and I'm no longer lost and wallowing in this abyss of like <laughs> working for somebody and living up to somebody else's expectations. Wow, that is uh, that is quite that is a lot more than I expected. I love it. Um, I, I think there's numerous things right there. I mean, first of all, you said your ex-wife. So was you think it was the employee-employer relationship that's something to do with it or no? Yeah, that's that. That was very challenging. That might be a separate discussion for another yeah. day. But like when you work with your spouse, so when you when when you're working for yourself or you you're working at a job, and you come home and you're married, right? You could talk about, mm -hmm. oh, the boss is a jerk today, and it was a tough day at work. But then you disconnect your work and your personal life. But when you're working with your spouse. The communication needs to be super clear and I wasn't really great at it to be totally transparent and honest. I was really clear with like setting that boundary of work and personal life and especially in the YouTube social media world, it's on 24-7. So that became a gray area and we've had a lot of conflicts not in our personal relationship but in a relationship that was at work and that work conflict 
kept continuing and spreading over to our personal relationship. And eventually, I mean, there's, there's a couple of other factors for sure. I mean, uh, divorce is always a two party type of situation, but there's other factors involved, but the business really exaggerated a lot of the issues that we had had and a lot of the conflicts that were, that were there for sure. Man, that sounds like a whole another segment to get into that you could totally on for days. Totally. That's, that's- oh, I got stories. I got stories <laughs> for days. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely be catching up more. But um, <clears throat> I guess that that is that 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 right there. That's really got me. And so I guess let's go off of that. When did you know? I know you. You know you met, you said you went through uh, moments that you know you didn't feel full integrity. What do you mean by that? Like, do you feel that you just couldn't be yourself? You couldn't be truthful while you were working for somebody else. Is that yeah? That's a that's a great question. Okay, so when it comes to being entrepreneurial, let's be totally honest. When you're going that entrepreneurial path, the reason that we do it is because we're a unique breed of people. And Alex Sharfman says that we're evolutionary hunters, right? So we have a different psychology than most folks. Where most folks they love that stability, they love that consistency of clocking and clocking at what have you, having an, a particular list of assignments to do for work, and just living up to that type of like that type of a structure. But for me, I'm a little bit different. Like that's not my thing. So as we got deeper into YouTube business, we tried different ventures. Like we built the subscription bots model um, where we're doing subscriptions and everything. And every time I wanted to have some autonomy in making the decision-making process to just execute because that's the thing. I want to execute a lot of things. Uh, When we got to a point of execution – um, I wasn't ability. I didn't have the ability to have the autonomy to make the proper decisions I needed to make in order to execute properly on it, and it caused some of these ventures not to do as well as they should have. So I quickly realized that um, by working for somebody else, even if it was my wife or now ex-wife right now, if you don't have the autonomy to make those decisions, to make those judgment calls, and sometimes you're going to fall on your face, but you're going you have to learn from it. But without that autonomy, like you feel like you're no longer in control. And as an entrepreneur, many of us, we want to become an entrepreneur because we want that control. We want that ability to make those decisions. And yes, we may fail sometimes. And yes, we may succeed sometimes. But that autonomy is super important. So I started realizing that about three years into moving to California that I didn't have that autonomy. I didn't have that ability to make those decisions, even those relatively minor things on making approvals on uh, the blog redesign or a business structure or a business contract. Those things, they started eating away for eating away at me and started eating away at my own confidence because I thought I knew what was right. And in the end of the day, like the decisions I made on my own stratosphere to a career in a different direction. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you don't have that control, you start realizing, hey, this isn't a great fit. So going off that, did you know what you were going to do next? I know, you know, you, you did you did a bunch of things prior to, you know, working for your your ex-wife. Did you know, though, what you were going to do? Did you have a plan in mind? Do you think that was important if you did or if you didn't, you know, or did you sort of just like, I can't handle this. I need a get let loose and just go with it, get my time, get my space, get my freedom, and then plan it all after. That's a really good question too. So my transition process was a little bit different. Basically what what had happened was uh, we were separating at the time and I basically told her, hey, you got to fire me. 
uh, fire me from the payroll and everything like that. I took myself off a of payroll and I took a, a couple weeks off to kind of like reassess where I was at. Mm-hmm. I knew that the, the things I really enjoyed doing was educating. I love speaking. I love being on stage. I love going on podcasts. Um, I love helping people with their finances. Mm-hmm. And my skill set is in the tax and financial planning world. And I still kept a list of clients and, you know, clients I've worked with, even when I was working with my ex-wife, it just made perfect sense for me to expand on that. I think one of the biggest, I don't want to say issues, but one of the biggest misconceptions in the entrepreneur space is a lot of folks say to, to follow your passion. And I think that's really misguided direction because the problem is when you start following your passion, but now you go 60 to 80 hours a week in with your passion, what often happens, what often ends up happening is you end up hating your passion. I personally think that you should follow what you're excellent at, what you're incredible at, and use that as your first business venture or first dip into toes as an entrepreneur. What are you gangster at? What are you the top of your field at? Start with that. And then pursue your passions on the side and see if that could be a business venture. If you go in all in on your passions like me, like I have a lot of nerdy passions, right? Like I love uh, board games, love playing card games. I love riding my bike. Um, I love working out. But none of those to me are things that I would actually pursue a business in. Like for me, my passion isn't taxes because let's be honest, nobody's passion really is taxes. My passion, I mean, I really enjoy speaking with people. I love hearing their stories. I love helping them with their businesses. But I know I'm a gangster at it. I'm really good at helping people with their finances. I'm really good at helping them create a business playbook for the business and helping them do some advanced planning and stuff like that. That's what I'm really good at. So that's what I would recommend doing. So to kind of circle about and answer your question, did I have a plan? I had a a notion in my head of what I'm really good at um, and I didn't pursue my passions. I just pursued what I was really good at. Wow. Okay. That's a very, uh, very interesting way of looking at it. So you're you're almost saying, excuse me, that you would go and find the best way to make the money first to be able to almost support your passions, correct? That's, I mean, that's my, I guess it's because I'm a financial guy and I'm pretty pragmatic at it. Um, my passions aren't relatively affordable. I mean, like I, I ride high-end road bikes and mountain bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. I quickly realized that I needed to find ways to finance that. So yeah, I pursued the uh, cash flow and uh, the revenue and the profits first. With what I was, what I excelled at, and then from there, I mean, if I do want to run a business or do something in the areas of cycling or whatever, I'm, you know, I'm more capable of being able to do it. But I knew what I wanted to do first is chase the revenue, and at the same time too, I have a unique situation where, when we split, um, I took full custody of my son, so I'm supporting him full time. So for me, like my priorities were definitely different. Uh, I basically started from scratch, from zero. I sold when I sold my tax businesses. I invested all back into her business, buying equipment, staffing out, scaling out, and everything like that. So I started from steer, from zero, and at that point, I knew that my priorities was support the family, do something that I'm really good at, start getting revenue immediately. Um, some of you might have a nest egg or something that you have to kind of like cushion you where you can follow your passion. But for me, my priorities are a little bit different. And I feel like that sort of fast forwarded the process for you because you were able to make that money and still kind of go into that entrepreneurial route, that spirit, while you know still sustaining a few things on the side, which I'm sure only grew and grew over time because you got that cash flow, you got that underneath your uh, under the belt. 
And uh, I think not not so not many people bring that up, and I think that's a very very valid point and a great way to look at it. That's for sure. Do you do you feel there was a certain mistake, something you made along the way? You know, there must have been at least one, uh, one that was crucial though, t- crucial to your success that you had a you had to go through it. You know, some some mistakes we could learn from. We could you know we could hear about them and try to avoid them, but this one you had to make it, and you would do it all over again because that's what got you to where you're at. I think the biggest limitation and biggest conflict internally that I had to deal with um, in the whole process and the transition is something that a lot of other entrepreneurs, even established ones, still face to this day, and that's imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is the concept of you feeling like you're not good enough or that you're faking it. Because you always hear that phrase, fake it till you make it, right? So a lot of folks, they feel like they're not good enough and because of that, they limit their value. They limit what their potential is and what have you. So that's actually something that I've been dealing with for quite some time and I'm just now starting to get over that to be honest with you. And it's something that has uh, you know, stemmed with me from childhood. And uh, what you find is a lot of these psychological things that affected you from when you're a kid stick with you as an entrepreneur. And until you start kind of funneling those things out and working those things through, it's going to be very difficult to actually scale and grow a sustainable business. And I see that a lot with a lot of my clients. Like I tell my clients all the time, my title is – is tax planner and tax strategist. But what I really do is I'm a business psychologist, right? So for me, the way that I got past that is I just kind of like sucked it up and I didn't fake it till I made it because I was already and I am still an expert in the areas of taxation and cash flow. I just started improving my self-confidence to the point of just speaking it and living that life with the clients that I work with. And that was that was a challenge that it took a couple of clients for me to get past that. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a situation where you feel like you're imposter syndrome, still like don't devalue your service, don't devalue what your worth is. Um, But, you know, maybe the first two or three clients, you might not charge as much as you might need to be charging, but use them as case studies and use them to boost your confidence and get their testimonials that you could watch all the time to remind you of how gangster you are to get you out of that rut, out of that imposter syndrome. And once you get out of that imposter syndrome, boy, the sky's the limit. How gangster you are. I love it. I think that might be one of my favorite quotes, favorite lines I've uh, I've had in an interview yet. <laughs> that, that speaks a lot. <laughs> so, love uh, it. We'll definitely be hearing that one more often. <laughs> Do you think though, uh, like, do you, do you have certain tips that you would say? Let let's say some of our some of our listeners, which which they are, you know, a lot of our listeners, they are still kind of where where we were at some point, uh, where I was specifically a year ago. I was sitting there, you know, in that cubicle, in uh, in that office space, you know, while looking at my over overlooking my boss's offices in the corners and everywhere, and just wondering. You know, what else is out there? What else is, you know, there? What else can I do? Can I actually start something up on my own? Am I even capable? I was questioning it, you know, for two years probably. And is there a tip you would give to one of these, you know, listeners that are debating whether they should go out there and just try to do something like this, go into that entrepreneurial world or whether or not, you know, showing them that it's really not that easy because it definitely is not easy. That's for sure. Is there something you would say? Yeah, I think the biggest, I think the number one tip, and I have like a 1A and 1B kind of thing. Uh, the number one tip, 1A, would be to invest in yourself. If you're, when you're still at work, you're still in the cubicle, you're commuting to work, this is a great time for you to re educate yourself. You've lived this life where you've been 
used to this consistency, this nine to five lifestyle, this used to having a boss telling you what to do, to switch from being an employee to an employer is challenging because your mindset needs to be totally different. Now, instead of listening to a boss, now you need to be a boss. But there's a lot of responsibilities involved with it. So this is a great time to start investing yourself. Listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts. I love music, but when I'm in the car on a long road trip, or I'm commuting somewhere or going to clients, I'm listening to podcasts all the time. I'm listening to audiobooks. Like that is like the 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 best like free education that you can get when you're sitting in your car for an hour on your commute or you're on the subway, invest in yourself. And what you're gonna find is once you start investing in yourself on your own personal development, it's gonna improve your confidence, not just in your workplace, which could, you know if you're still in that transition phase, could lead to like much higher compensation or what have you, but it'll also lead to greater confidence in determining what you really want to do as a business. And then once you start getting to that point of like you want to start to transition to business, mm-hmm. do it at the same time that you're working your nine to five. Don't quit your job to pursue something all in when you don't really have that that base set up and you don't have that understanding of how the business is run. There's a lot of business models out there where you can run it four or five hours in the evening after you get out of work, you get home at like five o'clock, you have your dinner from like five to six. And then from six to 10, you can work on your business. Mm -hmm. There's many business models out there, whether it's digital marketing or some folks are into network marketing. Um, Some folks are into consulting. You might be a a great programmer. You want to do some programming on the side or you might be an IT consultant or you're working as a high-end like IT tech guy inside of the company. You could also provide your services to other companies outside of that work, the workplace in the evenings. So start with that. And once you get to a point where the income and the revenue and cash flow exceeds what you're making at your nine to five job, at that point, you go to your boss and say, I'm firing you, bro. We're all done. You know, I got my own thing going on. Adios. But you want to have that. You want to have that base because what happens is and this is a parallel like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, is one of the classic entrepreneurs I love referring to, right? Mm-hmm. But he wanted to get into Hollywood. He wanted to become an actor. But the problem is with actors, when you go to LA, a lot of them are starving actors or actresses. They're working coffee shops and they'll take any role possible to make money. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was like, no way, man. I'm going to start making money as a contractor and start flipping and buying real estate. A lot of people don't realize this. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a massive real estate mogul before he became an actor. Mm-hmm. And then when he had all that money coming from real estate, he can pick and choose the uh, the films that he wanted to work on as opposed to just taking anything. So with, an entre- with us entrepreneurs, when you don't have that base, you don't have that cash flow coming in, you may end up work with like clients that you don't want to work with just because you need to pay the bills. You don't want to be in that situation, right? So what I'd recommend is is run your business or start your business in conjunction with when you're at work. Just be more strategic with your time. You know, cut down on a little bit of Netflix or cut down a little bit on uh, binge watching HBO or something or cut down on your Facebook time and instead dedicate that to your business. And what you'll see is that additional stability will really help you in that transition and the growth phase of your business. Yeah. If you really want it, it's all right there for the grabbing. That's for sure. You just gotta be able to prioritize and you know set those, set those goals. Uh, definitely set those goals. I think that's something that's very important. Well, now, now is the time. We're on to our favorite segment of the show. Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. You have approximately five seconds to answer each question. That's coming up. All right, rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. You got five seconds to at least start answering something. We could uh, 
expand on it later on. Um, if if you don't answer it in the five seconds, we got we got our we got our producer over here. He's actually here <laughs> right next to me. You can get the buzzer. We got a producer, and uh, he uh, he comes down, and I don't know what he does. I don't know if he just supposedly he uh, he breaks things, man. I don't know. <laughs> Guido the leg breaker, they call him. I don't know. I don't want to deal with him. So let's uh, let's keep it, let's keep it at the five seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, here we go. Eric, your favorite book. Favorite book. I'm reading a book right now that I really enjoy. It's called T is for Transformation by Sean T, the creator of Insanity. And just his his growth and his process. Um, reading that book, it feels like he's speaking directly to me. There's a lot of other awesome books I've read, but right now that's the one that resonates with me the most. Heard about that one. You need to check it out. You're stranded on an island. What is the one item you want with you? <sighs> Besides survival stuff, I, I, w- I would love to have my iPad. And the reason for it is it's got all my books on it, my music. I read a lot of comic books too, so that's all on there. I mean that's assuming I have all my you know, my normal survival, like a lighter and a survival knife and stuff like that. Um, uh, if, as long as I have my iPad and I have stuff to read and enjoy, I'm down. And now you have a super battery that will last you for years, right? Yeah, true. Good point. <laughs> Solar panel. <laughs> who, who has been or is your greatest mentor? My greatest mentor, um, I actually have two that I've been working with directly a lot. My good friend Cole Hatter that I chat with quite a bit and also uh, Nicholas Barely. Just seeing his growth and his trajectory has uh, really inspired me to really level my game up. Oh, those are those are two great ones, that's for sure. Is entrepreneurism a fad? I don't think it is. I think it's it's becoming more popular, more prevalent. And as we move to more knowledge-based society, as opposed to skill-based society, we're going to see that a lot more, um, a lot more becoming a lot more mainstream. Especially now, as we see AI and software starting to replace a lot of normal jobs and occupations, we're going to see a lot of freelancers that convert and transform over to be entrepreneurs. So it's not a fad. This is just the beginning of a huge wave. That's a great. Uh, I like that answer. That's a definitely a twist of uh looking at it is voice specifically podcasts the future i think it is uh the voice is the only, one of the only formats that you can enjoy while you're walking your dog, driving a car, cooking. Um, it's one of the only formats that you could absorb and do something else at the same time. Video, you have two stimulus happening. You have the, your, your vision and your and your uh, hearing. You can't do anything else. You can't multitask at the same time. Voice is one of the only formats that you can multitask and also learn at the same time that you're listening to it. What a great answer while being on a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> what is the one product that you have every day, food or drink, something very, very specific that makes you you, that keeps you going, that makes you different? Man, the one product. Jeez, my sunglasses. Your son okay. That's my that's, sunglasses. I think that's a boss to boss exclusive here. That's a first everybody. Sunglasses. What kind? That makes me me. I so I picked up these uh, these new shades by a company. I can't remember the name, but I, I'll, I'll send you the link to it later. But there are these new like frameless like sunglasses. I have these ones in like fire red and these ones in black, and they they're huge statement pieces for me. Like I dress relatively like. Uh, in a lot of blacks and grays, but my sunglasses are like where I really pop. And they've created a lot of interesting conversations that have opened up to a lot of different uh, business opportunities. So 
to be like you, we all got to start getting these frayless sunglasses, fire red or black. Yes. And I will get back to everybody about the name since you're not sure. Yeah. Okay. That 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 is a that is a must. We need that. We need gangster. We need to know. Gangster. We want to be just as gangster as you. Awesome. And how do you drink your coffee? Black, straight black. Nothing added to it. Straight black, huh? Straight black. All right. Yeah, I'm a straight black uh, drinker myself. You know they. My man. They say they say they say we're different, man. They say we're wild. <laughs> so, is there a specific uh, type of coffee though, like specific drip, specific brand that you uh, that you that you choose? That you There's choose? a coffee. There's a coffee place by me called Portola Coffee House, and they do their own roast and everything. I really love the coffee. The way I really enjoy coffee preparation-wise is as a cold brew. That's probably my favorite. I don't drink a lot of hot coffee. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I drink it as a cold brew. So Portola Coffee House. Yeah. That's located where? That's located. It's, it's pretty popular in SoCal, Burns County. Cal. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I need to make my way out there. It's been long overdue. Um Come on over. Yeah, I have a bunch of a bunch of friends, a bunch of people I've met out there now, and it's like, oh man, I feel like SoCal is the spot, just like this entrepreneur uh, hub that I need to get out to. And and you know, cold brew. I mean, I got some cold brew over here. So my man. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that Dunkin' Donuts? Is that Dunkin' Donuts yeah, cup? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I recognize it's Dunkin' Donuts. No. No. Not unfortunately, man. Dunks is the bomb. Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, I do love Dunkin' Donuts. I do. Uh, not a not a shameless plug or anything, but I do, and it's just like it's my go-to. If I have no, you know, if I just need that coffee right away, the flavor's consistent, and you know, you know what you're gonna get. It's always pretty good. So it's better than Starbucks. I like Dunks better. <laughs> That's that's a whole another whole another topic <laughs> for debate. I don't want to get into it now. There'll be a lot of people, you know, waiting over here to pull my teeth. <laughs> Political. It's like politics. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, all right. Well, you know, closing thoughts. Where, where where can everybody find you? I know. So you have your website right now, um, but I know you're in process of converting things over. And so where's just the best place, you know, your website, your social media, where, where could we find more about you and your business? I think that the best way, you know, I don't, I don't market as much because I focus purely on consulting clients. And what I've realized in running a business is the additional complication of social media and all that stuff that doesn't actually drive business is just additional uh, resources that I take away from my clients. So the best way to reach out to me is shoot me up, hit me up with an email at eric at the cashflowdoctor.com. And that's eric, E-R-I-C, at the cashflowdoctor.com. And just tell, uh, you know, in the subject line, just say that you heard it on the uh, Boss to Boss podcast. And I'd, I'd be more than willing to schedule a free 30-minute call with any of your audience to just kind of like walk them through the whole process of like uh, the tax side of things, the accounting sides of things of running a business. All right. You heard that here, everybody. It's a Boss to Boss exclusive uh, contact Eric at Eric at the cashflowdoctor.com. I love the name. It's so catchy. The cashflowdoctor.com. Uh, I, I mean, I give you so like when I first heard that, I'm like, wow, how, how was this thing not global yet? I mean, with a name like that, you're destined to, to get global soon. And, um, so a free, free 30 minute consultation, right? Yes. To anybody that mentions boss to boss. So, Everybody, uh, definitely, definitely hop on that. I would hop on that in, in a heartbeat. So definitely check it out. Good stuff. I mean, you already, you heard an amazing interview here. So, 
you know, it, it only gets better as a part of a one-on-one, which I'm totally for. I've done numerous, you know, things like that myself and the things you learn through these one-on-ones with individuals like yourself, you know, you, you can't, you can't buy that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could eventually, but you, you can't just, especially if it's free. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> you it's got so, it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, is there anything you want to share with us? Uh, just closing thoughts, anything you got for the, for the average listener, anything, uh, maybe, maybe where you're going to be next, where we could find you doing uh, any speaking events or anything. Yeah. I mean, um, it depends on where your audience is at. So in September, I'm going to be speaking at an event down in Jamaica for real estate investors called tab retreat. Really cool. And if you want to attend or get some information, again, shoot me an email. And in November, I'm speaking in Thailand at a cryptocurrency event on uh, crypto tax planning. And then one in Boston in December on uh, tax strategy for entrepreneurs. So that's kind of like my playlist for the fall. Um, so a lot of events. I love speaking at events mm-hmm. and just sharing my my knowledge on taxation, saving money, and keeping uh, money more more money in your pockets instead of with the man with the IRS. <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, uh, that's a great quote. I I can't remember if I ever heard that is that uh is that an original quote heard right here right now on the show that's original quote i'm gonna i'm gonna copyright that wow yeah <laughs> I, I i'd get all right on it right now before i release that's that's uh that was good not gonna lie so we got you in jamaica thailand thailand and boston coming up um yes that's huge that's just in the next few months so if we want to find out more about that just uh shoot you an email right yeah, shoot me over an email. Eric at thecashflowdoctor.com. It's been a pleasure having you on, Eric. Um, definitely hope to be speaking again to you soon. You know, keep this thing going. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That is all for this episode of Boss to Boss. Your next step is to visit boss2boss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is boss, the number two, boss.com. And remember, the time is now.